guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I'm excited this week to get you into John 2, 3, and 4, and these are chock full of awesome stories and awesome principles. So I want to get right in to John chapter 2, about the first 11 verses or so. You see a unique experience between Jesus and his mother. Now this is at a wedding feast in Cana. Uh, No other details are really given other than that, other than the fact that Jesus is there, his mother is there, and his disciples are all there. And we have a problem right out the gate. verse number three, it says, when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Okay. So verse four, Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. It sounds a little aggressive, but thank goodness for the footnotes. Joseph Smith translation says woman, which again, woman is a very respectful term. Woman, what wilt thou have me to do for thee? That will I do, for mine hour is not yet come. So Jesus not only asked his mother what she needed, but he expressed his willingness to do it. This gets you a little bit into the character of Christ as he is dealing with his mother. Great lesson for you and I with parents, whether you're a teenager or adult children or whatever. Just the relationship Jesus has there with his mother is a great relationship to the point where he recognizes her, he respects her, and he says, I'm willing to help you out on this. Now, verses five and six, mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. This guy knows what he's doing. Verse six, and there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins a piece. A firkin's about nine gallons. So these six pots could have held anywhere between 100 to 160 gallons of water. Now, this is not just ordinary water. In fact, water back then wasn't even that ordinary. It's not like you would drink a lot of water. You wouldn't just go run to the store and grab your Aquafina, you know, back in back in Cana here with this, with this wedding feast. Water was not that great. And so wine was generally the thing that was drank the most. But you've got this situation where they're out of water and they need more wine. And this water, as it said back in verse six, it's after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. This is not drinking water. This is purification water. This is where you would do your ceremonial washing your hand. When you walk in, this is where you clean your hands. This is where after walking in from the dirty streets of Jerusalem and you go into there with your dirty feet, this is where you would wash and just make sure that you are ready for this wedding feast. So this is ceremonial purification water. This is gross, nasty, hand, foot, everything water, right? And so he's like, okay, we got all of this water right here. Verse number seven, Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. In fact, it's funny, the way the Bible video goes, he says, fill them up. And the people are like, with what? He's like, with water. And they're just like, okay, okay, with that water, okay, we can do that. And they filled them up to the brim. Verse eight, and he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast and they bear it. Verse number nine is kind of a funny verse. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water, this bad ceremonial purification water that was made into wine and knew whence not what it was. And I love this little thing, but the servants which drew out the water knew, and there's a little winky smiley face there, which I'm I'm sure was intended by 
by the original gospel writers, right? The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and he saith unto him, Every man at the beginning to set forth good wine, and when men have all drunk, then that which is worse. Meaning, you bring out the good wine, get everybody drunk, and then when everybody's drunk, you bring all the bad stuff, and they don't care because they're drunk. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. He's like, man, you've saved the best wine. So what's interesting here, I can just see all of them just looking at one another going, wow, <laughs> okay, we put it past him. This gross water has been turned into something that is of great value to someone. And this is a gospel principle that's taught all through the New Testament, but I like how it's taught here. Jesus often takes something plain and often very undesirable, and what does he do? He turns it into something of value. Now, he can do that. You've watched him do it in so many instances. Uh, this is, as it says in verse 11, the beginning of miracles. This is where it starts off. And so you've seen this maybe with, with lepers or with casting out devils or whatever it is. He takes something of no value whatsoever or undesirable and he makes it something of value. He can do that with relationships. He can do that with jobs. If we allow Jesus to be able to be a part of our experience on this earth, he's going to take undesirable things and he is going to make them better and oftentimes the very best things of our lives. I love that principle that's taught here and he continues to teach it throughout chapter two and we're going to look at that tomorrow on the next day as well. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.